Good morning, everyone. Thank God for bluer skies and cleaner air. That was a tough time we had. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can open your word. We pray that you would speak to us through me and that I would have the words that would be pleasing to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about purpose. Purpose in life. What is our purpose? And you know, this happens sometimes. It takes me three weeks. I had preparing this outline for three weeks. It takes me a long time. And there's always a concern as to what the person before you is going to talk about. So sure enough, it happened last week. Sherry and I were watching Dean, and 30 seconds in, he, he hits one of my points. And I said, oh, great. And then a minute later, he hits one of my verses. So I said, easy, Dean. But he veered off from there, and it's a little bit different from mine. And Maybe the Lord is trying to have us hear some of the same things two weeks in a row. It might be good to hear, hear them again from a different, different angle. And I was thinking about what drives people today. In the USA, 71% of our economy is derived from consumer spending. And we are so encouraged to spend. A lot of it is by rewards. And other things are recognition, accomplishments, status, goals, fame. And when people attain, obtain these things or strive to get there, they occupy a lot of people's time in conversation. And then if they do reach their goals, they're all over the media, as we know. Talk about rewards. We like Safeway. They have the trifecta. They have an app they want you to use. You open it and you check off certain things they're offering extra savings on. And then when you buy them in the store, you get extra money back. So you go to Safeway, you put in your phone number, you shop, then you check out and it tells you how much you've saved and your savings are rewards. So that's two things. And then you go over to Chevron and you could fill up your car using your Safeway points, and you get an extra 20 cents off a gallon. You think about credit cards. We're encouraged to spend because we get points every time we spend, and the more points we accumulate for travel, hotel, goods, and services. And then the airlines, you get air, air miles. Southwest calls them rapid rewards, and you accumulate those for more flights. And then we have Amazon. In COVID, almost everybody is into Amazon. And we know this one very well in our house. And the points grow and grow and accumulate so you get cash back or you can buy more goods. And at checkout or at gas stations, you can grab your phone now, put in your code, and you can pay for the gas with your phone, contactless, and you get cash back from the phone maker. That's rewards. And we think about status. 
In March of 1997, most famous band in history, Paul McCartney was knighted by Queen Elizabeth for his service to music. He became Sir Paul in an old ceremony at the Buckingham Palace. Mick Jagger, Elton John, Anthony Hopkins, Nick Faldo, and Michael Caine have all been knighted as well. That's a big status thing. And then we have Hall of Fames for everything you can think of. Every type of sport, every kind of music has a Hall of Fame, Actors Hall of Fame, and if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, over 2,600 people have their name in a gold star etched into the terrazzo sidewalk. And there's also Hall of Fames for scuba diving, cowboys, and circus. And then, oh, do we award people with trophies, ribbons, belts, plaques, medals, and massive money prizes for winners in some golf tournament. If you get a hole in one on a certain hole, you get a brand new car. And then there's accomplishments, big goals. Some people have these goals as a lifetime goal. 4,000 people have climbed to the top of Mount Everest, the highest peak in the world. The climbers say it takes over a year to prepare for that hike. And because you can only do it in certain months of the year, it's very crowded. And I've seen movies of this. As they get to the last hundred yards, it looks like a line at Disneyland. And everybody is waiting to get to the top. And when you get there, they can only stay there for a minute or so because there's all these people behind them. So all that for a minute, and then they come down again. And hundreds have died trying to reach that peak. And there's many more embedded in the mountain that are not found when the snow melts. In 2017, Alex Honnold scaled the face of El Capitan without any ropes. It was documented in a movie called Free Solo. It will make your hair stand on end. He's actually going up beyond vertical in parts. Super high risk. And of course, we want things quick right now, very fast. Uh, we don't want to get irritated, waiting on the phone, on hold. And we want our food right now. It, we even get it through DoorDash. In a dash, it's at our front door. But with the Lord, it's just the opposite. The Lord, we need patience. His plan and His timing. And many had to wait a long time to be seasoned. You think about Job, the patience of Job, Abraham, the father of nations, Joseph from prison to palace, and Simeon, he waited years and years for the birth of the Messiah. Moses, many years in the wilderness leading the Israelites. With the Lord, the fastest route is not the one he usually takes. Think about David. He was anointed at a young age to be king, and he had to wait 15 years before he finally became a king. As Christians, earthly awards, accomplishments, and status are not important at all in the Lord's eyes. He could care less about that. And we're put on this earth for a purpose. Our motivation and purpose should be to live for Him and serve Him. 
There's a few mysteries in Scripture. Three or four, we know them. It says there's a mystery in um, 2 Corinthians, I think. But the purpose of a Christian is not one of them. It's clearly defined in these two verses. In Colossians 1.16, it says, For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where their throne or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, that's us, have been created through him and for him. So we've been created for him, not, not for us. And then in Ephesians 1.11, it says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So it's all about him. Those two verses, they say through him, for him, and in him twice. It doesn't say anything about you or me or any us in there. And it's the purpose is his will. Our purpose on this earth is to do his will. Everything in our lives, God knows in advance. So everything we do has to be aligned with his will, not ours. That's our purpose in life, to do his will. Think about this one. If you have no purpose and no goals or objectives, you can certainly meet those objectives because nothing there, nothing to meet. Our objective is not just to get saved. Sure, we must do that. If that was the only objective, he could just beam us up and that would be it. But that is just the beginning. So how are we doing in regards to that purpose? Have we fulfilled it? Have we met our goals and objectives? It's like an evaluation at work. If you're evaluating somebody or you're being evaluated, what do they do? You look for the time period of that appraisal to see what the employee has done. So you look down, oh, you did this, this, and this. Did you meet your goals and objectives? Okay, good. If not, there, there's problems. And what does that, that sound like? It sounds like the judgment seat of Christ. And that is where it's a personal review for every believer. And Jesus is the, our evaluator in the time, the rating period for this evaluation is from the day you got saved until the current date to see how you've done when you talk to Jesus. It's the whole lifetime of your, of your life on earth. And you sure don't want to walk away from that evaluation empty-handed. And that is the process Paul describes in Romans 2 and 6. He says, God will repay each person according to what they have done. He made us with a purpose in mind to seek and follow Him. And when we do our will, if it's aligned with His, we're in the sweet spot. Some people get saved, try to enter heaven in the trap door, check it off, and think that's the end. Getting saved is only the very first step. Serving Him is a lifelong privilege and the second step that we all have to take. 
Nobody should retire from serving the Lord. Then you're not doing your purpose. He equipped us for works of service so the body of Christ could be built up. Think of all the purposes people have on this planet. There's thousands of them. Think about every one of them, and a lot of them will meet their purpose, accomplishments, and objectives. That's great, just great. But there's only one objective that doesn't end when you die. Serving Christ is the only purpose that lasts for an eternity, and that has to be our desire. We serve a purpose here on earth, and we're going to continue to serve him when, we're, when we see him in heaven. And when he made us with this purpose, in 139 of Psalms, it's verse 13 and 14, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. It doesn't say anything there about a big bang. Created wonderfully made, not randomly made like a big bang would be. Made for a purpose. And regardless of what happens when we serve him, we know the verse. We know that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. His purpose, not ours. We are not designed to be wrapped up into the mothball fleet. Some of you young people might not know what that fleet is. It's kind of a, a World War II term. We had so many ships that after the war, when the ships were not needed, they became obsolete. So they still kept them in the water, and they call it a mothball fleet. And after a while, they become obsolete and useless. And the fate of these ships, they usually sell them for scrap or scuttle them in weapons tests. No believer should be in the mothball fleet. We don't want to be scuttled. And we weren't made to soak up every reward, every title, every possession. Some people go for that. Most That's kind of normal to people. But what people strive for is usually the opposite of the Lord's way. Remember when James and John's mother asked Jesus to sit between her two sons in his kingdom, she was looking for recognition and rewards for them, and she had no idea what was involved. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? She wanted the glory and reward for them without going through everything that it took, the service, the sacrifice, the persecution, and the suffering. Think about people in Scripture and earthly rewards. I like what Daniel did when he was offered earthly rewards. He didn't bat an eye. King Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel to interpret his dream that he was nobody could interpret this dream. So in Daniel 5:16 and 17 it says from the king, "Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems." 
If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. What an attitude. He didn't bat an eye. He didn't say, wow, that sounds that's pretty good. How much is that worth? No, what a great attitude. The king offered riches, a promotion, and a status symbol. He was not interested in any of that. And like Joseph before Daniel, who impressed Pharaoh with his integrity, Daniel impressed the king so much, he still promoted Daniel to the third highest position in the kingdom. Both Daniel and Joseph glorified the Lord by their humility and selflessness in their service. They knew their purpose and they completed it. And you know, <clears throat> to the Lord, little things mean as much as the big things. The purpose is to serve him. There's things that we might think are small, but to the Lord, it's a big thing. And Paul documents some of these in his letters. These people served without any self-motivation. They just knew their purpose and they did it. Think of Tychicus and Onesimus. Paul sent them to the Ephesians and Colossians to update them on Paul's status, his health, and where he was going next. Doesn't sound like the biggest thing in the world, but... And then he calls Justice and Aristocharis his helpers, and Nympha, who started a church at her house. Of Arapidus, he calls him my brother, my co-worker, my fellow soldier, who was also your messenger, and a hard worker who nearly died for the cross of Christ. And so many more completed services for Christ in the scripture, not for personal gain or recognition, um, just to serve. Here's another one. This one was Carpus. Carpus, get this, he stored Paul's cloak, scrolls, and parchments for safekeeping. Okay, great, important stuff. And Paul documented this out as well. What would have happened if that wasn't in the Bible? F.W. Newman, he was a younger brother of Cardinal Newman, once asked J.N. Darby, you know, Darby wrote a Bible translation, asked J.N. Darby, how could we possibly be any poorer if this verse were not in the Bible? Was it not of temporary value only? Would anything be lost if Paul had not written it? Darby promptly replied, I would certainly have lost something, for it is this verse that saved me from selling my library. Every word, depend on it, is from the Spirit and is for eternal service. If nothing else, the things that Carpet did remind us of things that we seem they might thing as a small service to the Lord is important to him. And whatever service we're doing, we all have different gifts. We know that. 
And uh, in, in 1 Peter 4.10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So use your gift how you received it to serve others. As designed, it's not our role to modify our gift, change our service, change something around, do somebody else's ministry. That's not what we're assigned to do. We don't say, hmm, I like that person's ministry. I think I'm going to do that as well. Not our role. We don't choose the gift. We want to serve like Jesus. He came not to be served, but to serve others. A couple of ways that we could get better in service is to spend time in His Word and pray so we can respond when an opportunity arises. We need to be sensitive to other people's needs and not just our own. And like I talked about last time, we need to be available. Remember the pie graph? We have to make sure that His slice of the pie is large and does not shrink with so much that is going on around us. And we know that whatever happens when we're serving Him, it's all for the good. The Lord has rewards for us too, and these are eternal rewards. These ones really count. These are the important ones. Dean mentioned this last week. In Philippians 2.16, it says, As you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that it did not run or labor in vain. So there's Paul talking about holding to the word of life. So he knew the word, but he's still studying it, memorizing it, holding to it. That's what we just talked about. Until the day of Christ, that means all the way through, and he says he did not labor in vain. Nor do we labor in vain if we're doing anything for the Lord. Our service to Him today, tomorrow, and every day that we live and every day in eternity is not in vain. It's never wasted, never useless. He sees everything we've done for Him in secret, in public, and in our thoughts. And our service plays a huge part in building up the body of Christ. And what a great purpose. Excellent goals as, and objectives. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5.9, So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Our goal to please Him, whether we're at home. We understand that, but the last few words, words we don't think about that all the time in that part of the verse. It says, or away from it. That means we are not here anymore. So our goal still is for eternity to continue to serve Him and please Him. It's not just when we end our time on earth. And that's the goal. It doesn't change January 1st. We don't need to make resolutions or goals every year. We have to honor Him. That's our goal. So we're never to give up. Hold on firmly. Keep your eye on the prize. And finish the race. All pretty much written by Paul as he did. 
And we're not to let outside circumstances keep us from our purpose. And this is going on so much today. Since I talked last time, we have new things pop up, horrible things. The virus, the smoke, oh, the smoke, whole, whole new issue. Then you got the fires, hurricanes now in the south of the country, social distancing and staying pinned in the house is causing what they're calling pandemic fatigue. And we're seeing a lot of people doing a lot of crazy things because of this. They've had it up to here and they want to do whatever they want to do and they're doing it. But thank God we have an anchor and refuge where we can go in this time of all these horrible circumstances to keep us level and making sound decisions. The Lord is that place we turn to. And the symptoms of pandemic fatigue are burnout, depression, fear, rest, restlessness, insomnia, and all of those affect a person's overall functioning and decision-making. And here's just one example. You, you'll see a new one of these every day. This one is hard to fathom. A woman tested positive for the virus. Two days later, she called to get her nails done. The nail artist said, hey, do you have COVID? Do you have a fever? Have you ever been under quarantine? And the woman said, no, I'm fine. So she goes and gets her nails done. And then she posted, she had remorse, and she posted her story on Facebook. And the angry nail artist shared the woman's messages. And the woman said, I feel real bad and should not have shown up for my appointment, but I desperately needed my nails done. I tested positive for the virus two days ago. So with five O's, please quarantine yourself. The stylist said, I asked you before you even got here and you lied to me. And the lady said, I was just so desperate to get out of the house. I quarantined two days. I'm sorry. I needed my nails done so bad. You saw how bad they were. Nice decision. No wisdom at all. No idea of protecting anyone else. It was all about self-pleasure. In Proverbs, it says the Lord gives wisdom. Let's seek and pray for his wisdom and not rely on our own. This is kind of a disturbing stat, speaking of uh, people, people accumulating things and striving for everything they can get their hands on in this world. And I guarantee you some of this labor will be in vain at some point. As of January this year, 2,153 people on the planet, that's not too many people, have more wealth than 4.6 billion people who make up 60% of every living person on the planet. 2,000 people. You know, Jeff Bezos, he owns the Washington Post and he's the CEO of Amazon. He makes $3,715 a second. Just during this talk today, he's going to make $6.7 million dollars. And the Lord says 
If that was their purpose and goal, Jesus clearly says what their end result will be. In Matthew 16, verses 26 and 27, it said, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, like these guys think they're doing that, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Nothing. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will report each, reward each person according to what they have done. That's that judgment seat of Christ. And the people who do not believe go to the great white throne and you pray that nobody ends up there. So earthly rewards and accomplishments mean nothing to the Lord today. Stick to our purpose of serving and pleasing the Lord. Let's stick to it. That's our goal. And at the appointed time, the words we want to hear are, Well done, my good and faithful servant. This woman uh, in 1904, Olander, Anna Olander, Swedish, Swedish uh, hymn writer and author, she wrote about the same topics in this song called If I Gain the World. I'll read it. It's not too short, but I'll read most of it. And where they lead if you don't have the Lord. <clears throat> if I gain the world but lost the Savior, were my life worth living for a day? Could my yearning heart find rest and comfort in the things that soon must pass away? If I gain the world but lost the Savior, would my gain be worth the lifelong strife? Are all earthly pleasures worth comparing for a moment with a Christ-filled life? Had I wealth and love in fullest measure and a name revered both far and near, yet no hope beyond, no harbor waiting, where my storm-tossed vessel I could steer, if I gained the world but lost a Savior who endured the cross and died for me, could then all the world afford a refuge, whether in my anguish I might flee? Oh, what emptiness without the Savior, mid the sins and sorrows here below, and eternity how dark without him, only night and tears and endless woe. What, though I might live without the Savior when I come to die, how would it be? Oh, face, oh to face the valley's gloom without him, and without all eternity. Something to think about today. So let's remember what our purpose is in life. Let's strive to complete our purpose, glorify Him, please Him, and not get sidetracked with everything that surrounds us today. Let's just close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time. We study your word, Lord. I, I learned from this, this reading these verses. May we continue to do the purpose that you wonderfully made us for, the purpose that we're supposed to do for our lifetime. We pray we don't get sidetracked as the adversary loves to, loves to put things in our way to tempt us, to try to, to get off the beaten path. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.